if you would, to turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 3 this evening. We are ministering on entering and leaving. Would you say it with me? I'm entering and leaving. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 3. This is going to help. This is going to change your life. Once it clicks, once the light comes on, so to speak, once what we call revelation, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father in heaven. Once that happens, where the revelation hits, it's information until revelation. I said it's information. You can know so much about so much, but until he shows you, you don't know it. And this is a real important principle. The, the key principle in the Bible for all of us is seed time and harvest. There's nothing more important than that. The Lord Jesus said it himself. But this entering and departing or departing and order to enter is very important. Um, I'm just going to read this scripture. I just love it. I just love this scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 20, chapter 6. It says, the Lord speaking of the children of Israel, he says, he, uh, and Egypt, he brought us out from there that he might bring us into a position to give us. He brought us out so he could take us in. And the, the whole gist of this whole revelation, if, if we can spark on it, is that you can't go in until you come out. You might physically go in. You might uh, be able to be seen in a position of going in, but it will not happen. And everybody wants to know, well, how come it's not happening for me like other people? Well, it's not physical. It's not logistical. It's heart. You got to come out of poverty before you can go into prosperity. Well, I can just give and I can just do and God will this and that. Well, there's a, certainly that's true. But I have worked all my life, worked being a, a term, to come out of poverty. And I, had, I didn't lack anything when I was growing up, but it was definitely not prosperity. So I, I shun, I eschew, I run from things that are poverty. It's so much so, it's almost hilarious. I don't like to, I like things on sale, but I, I, they don't move me. And you go, why not? It's a bargain, you know. It's just because of that. I so don't want it in my life. Why? So that God can bring me to where he's called us in the word to go. In Ephesians chapter 3, let's look in verse 20. This is one of our favorite scriptures in the, in the Bible. We just love this. Let's read it together. Verse, uh, let's look at 20 and 21. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Well, we love that. That has to be put in context. You can't just say uh, these things about every situation, but it's really powerful uh, concerning departing in order to leave, excuse me, in order to enter. The Amplified says to him who by his power that is at work within us, so that's in us, his power is within us. It's not like God's going to bring it down from over there and do something. 
It's within us. This is real important that we get the, that where is this coming from? So many people are like, Lord, send the power. That's wrong. That's error. You go, why? Well, it's, it's a small little detail, but the truth is he sent the power. He sent all the power that can be sent through the Lord Jesus, and the power is not only here, but it's in us. You know, uh, a lot of Christmas songs sing Emmanuel. Well, that's God with us. But that's, that's like, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, for that time frame, for that moment, that was true. He was the only begotten son. But when you and I got born again, he became the firstborn among many brethren. Well, the same thing in this, the power, it was sin, the power. But then Jesus came, and we don't sing that anymore. We don't say that. Uh, we don't say Emmanuel. It's been transcended, uh, God in us. Who's, to him who by his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose. Would you say that with me? His purpose. Remember, the reason the power comes from his side is to empower his purpose. To, and to do superabundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond, you know the Amplified, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Wow, that pretty much covers it, doesn't it? God's in, and he's covered every part of us, so we're in. It says he wants to do this. Now, he didn't have to say this. He could have just said, God's going to help you do better. Or, you know, or God's going to get you along and you get along. He's going to, he's going to, it's, he's on your side, I could have said. But this was a highly committed verse, highly committed. It says all of heaven's going to do all of heaven for all of you on earth. That's he's committing the whole thing to us. And he said, but the reservation is it's going to be to further my purposes. The new El the new living says to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think, ask or think, ask or think. The, uh, the English version says his power working in us is able to do so much more than we can ever ask for or even think of. Now we quote this and we're always glad to have this. This is a, this is a long sword in your scabbard. When troubles come and things look bleak, you can always pull out Ephesians 3.20. Um, but it's according to the power that works in us, the power that's activated. There's, there's some conditions on this, the power that's in us that's activated. Obviously, if someone doesn't know about this and hadn't, hadn't asked for Holy Spirit, it's not in search of it, is not open to it, you're probably not going to have exceeding abundantly above working in your life. Amen? So even all of us, we could say, I need to stay on this. I need to stay hot. Um, but here's, here's the caveat. This is where I want to turn this a little bit concerning departing and entering, is that his purpose, it's his purpose in us, but it's conditioned by what it says there, our, ask, our thinking and our asking. You go, well, no, God just, he just blows out no matter what you're thinking, what you're asking, you know, what you're dreaming about, what you're wanting. He just goes beyond that in every realm. No, it says it's according 
it, it, according to the power that worketh in us. So there's, there's a limitation, not on God's side. Is that right? Not on his side. He's, he's in. But on my side, he's going to exceed my thinking, but I need to be thinking. He's going to exceed my asking. In other words, he's going to put the, the uh, Lord, how are you going to do this? Well, not only am I going to do this, I'm going to do whatever you're thinking or asking. I'm going to go beyond that. In other words, you don't know the how. You just know that I'm going to take care of it however it comes. But there's a, there's a key there that uh, his how is beyond our how. Our job is simply to believe that he will, that heaven is in. The windows of heaven open that you'll pour you out your blessing that you're not able to easily contain it. He said, exceeding abundantly above all that I, with the power working in me, could ask, think, meditate, or imagine. So his job is to do more than what I can do, but listen, listen, but I have to do. I got to be thinking, I got to be meditating. If I'm not meditating, if I'm not thinking, if I'm not asking, this scripture is limited for us. This, this promise is going to be shut down because I have to, he's, gonna, he's going to activate or superpower or what, turbocharge whatever we're doing, but if we're not doing anything, then he can't do anything. So there's a limitation there. Uh, it's beyond our imagination, but it's not beyond, listen, how you think. I have to think right. If I think that God won't because he's mad or there is condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, if I think that, then it doesn't matter what's coming from heaven. It's just going to bounce off of this shield of unbelief, and it'll never affect me. Well, you go, well, we're not one of those people. Well, no matter who we are that we're not, we can be better or we can excel at who we are. In other words, I can think better. Well, God's going to go past that. Well, he is going to go way past that. But I, I got to direct him in how he can because he can't do everything he wants to do if we won't let him do it. It's hard to get a healing if you're resisting it. It's hard to get prosperity in your life if you're just uh, lusting and, and sitting around just desiring and envious and covetous. That's not how that comes. You have to be thinking, Lord, I want to, I want to be flesh so that God can have seed again to sow and bread again to eat. I want to be flesh, Lord, because I, I want to fund the missionaries. I want to go out. I want to be flesh, Lord, so I don't have to work night and day, day and night. So I can go help the kingdom. Now, he can go past that and exceed that. But if you're thinking, Lord, it sure would be nice to re retire and just sit down at the beach. Well, that's thinking. That's asking. But it's probably not going to be something he can exceed or excel or go past. I love this scripture. I hope you have a star around it. We're not going to go there. But it's in Job 22, verse 28. You all know this when you should know it. Uh, matter of fact, I'm... I'm just going to go there because I love it so much. Job is right before Psalms. Job 22. You go, well, what's it doing over there? There's a good little nugget in every book of the Bible. And there's probably more than this in here, but this is a good one. Chapter 2, verse 28. Thou shalt also decree a thing. 
Thou shalt all. That means me. That means you, doesn't it? You go, well, God, God's just going to do exceeding abundantly above. Well, here he qualified it that says I have to apart. Thou shalt also decree a thing. And what will heaven do? What will our words do? What will the power of the tongue do? What will the authority of the believer do? It shall be established unto thee. I shall decree a thing and it shall be established. Well, how will it be established? Exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. Because well, however you're thinking, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the man speaketh. So what you're thinking is going to come out, isn't it? So here, here, so you can say above what you ask or think. Well, if you're thinking it, if you're asking it, you're speaking it. And here he says, if you'll decree a thing, obviously the default is in line with his will. It shall be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon thy ways. I like to think that the light means so many things, but at least it means favor. That if I'll establish things by speaking, decreeing, that his favor will go and cause that to happen. Well, what's God's favor? Well, it's God. It's heaven. It's all of his resources. He doesn't just, you know, try to make sure there's plenty to go around and just give you a little dab. He's pouring it out. So uh, I looked it up in the. Uh, you shall in the New Living says you shall succeed in whatever you choose to do. Wow. It's whatever I choose to do. So we're going back to uh, Ephesians three. There's ask or think is based on what I choose. I have a part. I'm, that's all I'm trying to say is God said he'll do his part if we'll just unlock the door. He'll bring in the caravans if we'll just simply turn the key and unlock the door. You will succeed in whatever you choose to do, and light will shine on the road ahead of you. God's part. It also implies there's a progressive work there. It's not like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm putting in an order with Amazon, and when the UPS truck comes, he dropped it all off. No, he said, no, it, it's going to... Uh, it's going to shine a light on the road in front of you. It's just going to keep on going. It, that's part of the exceeding abundantly above. It's not one and done. He just keeps coming back. I'm decreeing this, Lord. I'm decreeing I have a new job. I'm decreeing that wealth and health are in my house so that I can be a demonstrator. He says, ah, I got lights that'll shown in every direction. I'll, I'll give you favor at your job. I'll give you favor with your rich kinfolks. I, you know, just on and on and on. He said, this will be exceeding abundantly above. The Amplified says, you know, that's good. You shall also decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. In other words, you've got a good life, but you've got to decree a thing. Well, what are you going to decree? Well, you're going to, you're going to be meditating. You're going to be asking. You're going to be turning things over so that he can do exceeding abundantly above. Now, this has to do with departing or leaving so that you can enter. It's a fallacy to think that you can do both at the same time. You're either doing one or you're doing none. You're either departing and then you're entering or you're not departing and therefore you're not entering. It's real important. Um, what? 
So, so basically, what he's, if we just translate that, whatever you choose to do, God said, I'll back it. Now, I know that's basic to our message, but he, he said over and over, if you'll think on me, if you'll think on what I'm thinking on, if you'll like what I'm liking, if you'll, if you'll dislike what I dislike, he said, I'll pour it all out for you. I won't say, yeah, but you messed over here. He said, ah, we got grace for that. We, we, we got Jesus took care of that. The sin problem's been solved. Let me just show you how good I am because nobody's perfect. It's the goodness of God that leads men to change. So it's the goodness of Michael that leads people to change. It's the goodness of joy that leads people to change. It's a principle, not just a, a source and a, and a uh, destination. In uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, we looked at that Sunday, and you're just halfway there. 1 Kings chapter 17. Let's look at this, uh, this prophet that had messed, had dared to mess with the government Ahab and his sweet little wife, Jezebel. Yeah, get a little dab of her. Hallelujah. He brought us out from there, Egypt. Why did he bring us out? Well, just so we could be out. That's wrong thinking. He brought us out so that he might bring us in. Doesn't that sound like you have to come out? Before you can come in, well, you go, well, they were out. They came out of Egypt. They were out of Egypt. Oh, not really. They were out of Egypt, but they thought like Egypt. They thought like slaves. They thought, well, Moses, where's the water? We, we want to go back. Well, where's the flesh pots? There never was any flesh pots, but they said that we had some. They, they, were, they were, when they saw the giants, the spies went in. Ten of them said, wow, this is tough. We can't do it. We need to go home. They never did come out, those part. Even though they physically moved out of the country, that they were still in the country. Do you all know anybody that, that uh, has ever gotten a sum of money? They got uh, a lottery or an inheritance or something happened. And you go, well, they're prosperous. Oh, no, no, no. Until you come out of poverty, till you come out of lack and scarcity and shortness, Money does not fix it. On the other hand, you don't have to have a lot of money, but you get this right in here. There's plenty more where that came from. I always have all sufficiency in all things, and I abound every good work. And you go, well, where's all your money? I, I got everything I need for everything I need. And so you, you develop that, and then that follows what you decree. What you favor starts coming in to bring the scripture to pass that you and I believe and speak. So you go, well, how do you get your mind renewed? How do you get uh, this poverty out and this prosperity in? You got to meditate above what you can ask, think, imagine, or meditate. You got, you got to put it in. That's why we're here tonight. That's why we have Bibles at home. I got them stacked up everywhere at home. When I read y'all scriptures here, I have looked in the pages of the Passion and the New Living. I've looked at all the books. <laughs> said, no, nah, that's no good. That's just like the King James. Well, that's, that's squirrely. <laughs> but then, you know, you find, and then you go to the Passion, you go to the Amplified, and you go, nailed it. Hallelujah. So 1 Kings 17, look in verse 1. Elijah the Tishbite, 
Aren't you glad you don't live in the land of the Tishbites? Hallelujah. Who was the, uh, the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, the government, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, more whom when I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except or but according to my word. Wow. He was the man in charge, wasn't he? You know, we can do that when squall lines come across Mississippi and Alabama. We can actually say there will be no storm, no uh, straight line winds, no hail, no damage, except according to my word. That's exactly what that is. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, hide thyself by the brook Sharif, that is before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, and he went and dwelt, stayed a while, by the brook Sharif, that is before Jordan. And the ravens, sure enough, God knew, and he, he sent them. They, the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. So uh, God sent Elijah to a place, and when he went to that place, God did more. Now, you know, in the, in the 40 years business, they got manna. Manna, they tell me, I don't know, but they tell me that manna literally is translated, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and even steak is not that good ten nights in a row. And uh, even blue, I don't know if we can say this about bluebell ice cream. Yeah. It, might, it might get, it takes six months, but it might even get, well, probably not, hallelujah. Uh, so he, he, uh, he sent him there and just said, I'm going to take care of you, and the ravens will feed you. Well, that's pretty good feeding, flesh and, and, and bread. So let's look in verse 8. Let's go down here and see what the second chapter is. And then God told him, Arise, go thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I, same word as before the ravens, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, the water, he called her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, thy God, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise, and behold, I am gathering two sticks. This woman was meticulous, wasn't she? Two sticks. Why? That I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. So she had a plan. She had a plan. She'd, she'd been down, she was down to the end, and she'd been parceling it out, apparently. And, and uh, Elijah said unto her, verse 13, fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but, now here's the transition, but make me thereof a little cake first. This would be like the tithe, wouldn't it? It would be like the Sabbath. It's, it's, it's a principle in the kingdom. If you bring God's stuff, bring your stuff to God first, then there's never a lack after that. 
and bring it unto me, and after that make for thee and thy son. So he was saying, prophetically, bring me the cake that you were going to go eat, and then you can make for you and your son. Hmm. It's like Abraham when he told the men at the base of the mountain, said, uh, me and the lad are going to go up and sacrifice, and we will return unto you. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the, bail, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, when? Until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and what? Did according to the saying of Elijah. And what happened? And she and her house did eat many days. So she changed her mission. Her mission was clear, and it didn't change the supply as far as she could tell. She still just had a little meal and a little cruise of oil. She still had one son that with a mouth. She had herself with a mouth. But the prophet gave her an opportunity to depart from her mission. We all have this opportunity to depart from our mission. The Lord's got a plan to get you up higher, to get you up there further, to get you out broader, to give you favor, to shine upon your ways, to decree a thing so that he can establish to you. But it's going to take an adjustment. It's going to take a change of plans. The man of God, Elijah, he didn't have anywhere to go, but he was running from Ahab. You remember the story. It was, it was pretty tough back then. He, the Bible says he outran the chariot. But then he didn't know what to do with himself, and God said, I got some directions for you, and, and you're not going to think it's logical. Don't, don't go to the fortress or the garrison or the, uh, where the multitude is. You by your little old self go down to the brook, and you just park your little self right down there, and uh, there's no food there, but I'll take care of it. So he changed his mission, and Elijah signed up. And sure enough, the supernatural happened. He came out so he could go in. And so he went to the widow and, and he asked her, would you come out so the Lord can bring us in? And apparently that's why it says there that he said, um, uh, I, have, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. I guess God knows a lot. I guess he knew who would fall for it and who wouldn't. You reckon God knew that? I, it seems obvious there that he had picked one out that would do the will of God. Because it was twofold. He had to get the widow sustained. But there's lots of widows in Zarephath. Lots, lots, lots. They were everywhere. But this one had already pondered in her heart, already said, I really don't want to die, and I don't want my son to die. So she changed her mission. And the reason she could, listen, is because Elijah changed the atmosphere so that people, in the case of this, the woman, could change her mission. So you and I are, we're crucial. Somebody's been crucial for you and you'll be crucial for somebody else to set the atmosphere so that we can decree a thing, so that we can think and ask and meditate above the normal plane of our environment. We're, we're surrounded by people that say it can't be done, that this isn't going to happen. Uh, there's just uh, two fishes and three, five loaves. Is that right? Well, there was some fish and bread. We'll just say that, however it went. And uh, everybody said, well, how are we going to do this? And, uh, but somebody said, I'll believe. Peter got out of the boat. There was always somebody that said, I'll change my mission 
And so I'll depart from the norm. Who had seen anybody walk on the water? Twelve disciples did. It was Jesus. It's not like you've never seen this done before, but one of them said, I think I'll go and do likewise. So the same thing for us is that timing and obedience are never based on rationale. Just that it, it's like, God, I'll wait for a better time. He doesn't say better time. He said now. Whatever you're at, whatever you're facing, he's not saying, I want you to be on the lookout for a better time because we want miracles for everybody and there's just so many of them. No, rationale does not condition or predicate them, and neither does convenience. Everybody wants to compromise. Remember over and over in the Old Testament, uh, the Lord told them to go in and, and uh, to take out a city like uh, the city of Ai and said, kill everybody. Same thing with, uh, what was his name, uh, that Saul had to... to well, never mind that one, but he said, kill everybody. And the king said, well, we saved some of it back for uh, the, the temple. Everybody wants to compromise. They want a more convenient way to do it. But this departing and entering is based on clear instructions, whether it's the unction inside or the word of God, clear instructions followed exactly. Now, I want to I ask you all this. Can we do that? It might be difficult based on an old thinking. It might be challenging based on how we've always seen it or never seen it. But all of us are born again. We're all children of God. We've been refathered from above. We should say, I can do that. I can obey my father because he's told me if I will come out. And that's the whole process of God is to get us out. Once we're out, then he can just show us, here's the door, Bob. We can go in, but getting us out is hard. It's uh, not hard, but uh, it's challenging. So why, uh, why should you leave where you and I are in any situation? Why should you leave where you are? Well, mostly it's comfort. It's familiarity. But generally, we'd even if we were mature enough, we'd say the witness is gone to stay. We've done that on several properties at uh, this church where the witness to stay, there wasn't anybody crowding us. There wasn't anybody leaning on us. We just knew. Do you all know when it's just time to go, when it's time to move, when it's time to this was great. This was God's supply. So glad. So blessed. I've testified about it. But this place isn't it anymore, and we got to find the next one. But most people need, listen, most people need a crisis in order to come out. The fire's got to be awful hot in there, and we finally say, well, I guess I'll come out. Because they don't like the fire. They don't like the trouble. They don't like the strife. They don't like the, the pain. And so they'll, but that's not faith. That's just being smart. Come out of the fire and see if you can get some air. What's special, what's, what's faith, what's decreeing a thing, what's exceeding abundantly above is when everything is fine. This looks good. It's looked good for several years. This is, this is nice. But all of a sudden, the witness, the anointing to stay, it's not there. The peace of God is not there on, on that. 
And you argue with it and say, well, rationally, Lord, this is the best place and it's the least money and these are the right people. And Lord, conveniently wise, it's going to be a big pain to move or to change or to depart. Nothing lines up, but you got this thing in here that says, we're going to be out of here in a month. We're going to be gone because this isn't it anymore. The blessing of the Lord's not on this thing that was and that always was. So why don't people leave? It's because they don't understand crisis. Crisis is simply when there's change and you move out of something that's familiar and routine into something that's unknown and it causes a crisis. Crisis isn't always a negative word. It just means that there's a disruption. There's something that's going to change. But if it doesn't change, then you should be able to just staying where you are. If there's no promotion, it's going to require a change to get a change. We're going to have to do something different. But people are like, well, what if it gets worse? It's very highly likely that it'll get worse before it gets better. (laughs) That's just experience speaking. I I can't talk for y'all. So uh, they don't want, nobody wants to leave without a crisis. And they don't understand, like seed time and harvest, they don't understand that this is good news. That I'm, I'm being asked to depart something, which means I'm being asked to go and enter into something. This is good. This is like, yay, we're finally getting some direction here. That this good place, this good relationship, this good job, this good whatever is whatever, good church, good husband. That's probably not a good example. (laughs) Suddenly, there's a crisis. Or maybe there's not. Maybe there's not a crisis. But there's a witness. And we... We hear the voice of our good shepherd, and of the stranger, we refuse to heed and follow. Well, the stranger, many times, is just a inanimate things or a situation that's around us. So uh, here's the axiom, and we'll have to quit right after this, is how we depart anything determines or predicates how we can enter into something else. If you don't depart right then you can't enter in. You cannot transition, and you'll tear it. You'll tear it coming out if you don't leave right, and you'll drag it into the new, and you'll never. You'll say, this wasn't much. This wasn't so good. This wasn't uh, special. But coming out right gives you a clean shot into that which is new. Amen. I noticed that people that leave a church, now this would be experience speaking, if they don't leave right, which we always want people to stay, but if it doesn't fit or if it's not right or whatever, and you you just have the witness, it's time for me to go, whether I agree with that or believe that or whatever, it doesn't matter, it's not my call. But if they don't leave right, then it's awkward. I never see them prosper if they don't leave right. All you got to do, I've had several members that have come and, and met me at my office and said, hey, our time's up here. Our time is up here. It's to this or it's not that or the wife isn't happy or it's too far. Or my, whatever, whatever, it doesn't matter. They just said, I wanted to tell you uh, and I want your blessing. Well, I tell you, I get in with that. I bless. I, 
because that's my job is not to grow a big church. My job is to equip the saints. And if they can't receive any more of that, go somewhere where you can. But I've had them that just disappeared. And then I'd see them in Publix. I hadn't seen them in three or four weeks. I'd see them in Publix and grab them around the waist and pat them on the back and say, hey, we're doing this and we're having a fellowship here. And, you know, just make a fool of myself, so to speak, because they hadn't told me they're not ever coming back again. Everybody else knows, but I don't. Well, it's just awkward. And they can't ever shake me because they didn't do it right. Well, that's the same thing in uh, marriage and the same thing in, in, uh, in a job. It's everything, your family, whatever. Uh, entering or departing, I should say. Departing and entering is a key, key part of our life. And it's not hard to do it right. It's just it takes some courage inside to say, I so want what God's got for me. I so want to obey him. I so want to be where he wants me to be. I'll do anything to get there. That's why I hate poverty. I told you all, I just hate it. I just, because I so want to be with every dollar, with every car, with every house, with every building, with every whatever that he wants me to have, that he's assigned to me. You go, well, he's assigned everything to everybody. No, he hasn't. He, he really has You can't be a Christian in Thailand or in Burma or in the, you know, and say, well, I've got billionaire faith. Well, it may be that you do, but not everybody does. But you got plenty. They say prosperity in uh, some countries is having your own bicycle. You got running water at your, you got a well in your little village and you got a bicycle. You are the grand poobah. You are the, <laughs> wow. you are somebody. Well, that wouldn't, that wouldn't hold much water here. So it's all cultural. It's all according to that. None, none of y'all are rich financially, I suppose. If you are, see me after the service and we'll, we'll get back tithes. <laughs> we'll do a little catching up here. But, uh, but, but gosh, we, we got our hearts right. And God could give everybody here, I believe, he could give us anything. And we just say, ah, it's not mine. It's mine to distribute. It's mine to administrate. It's mine to service. I'm just here for the king. But you know that old saying that says you run pipe, water through a pipe, the pipe gets wet. So it's poured out somewhere else, but the pipe gets wet, and so do we. Let me just say this right here before we go. Uh, uh, l- l- departing and entering is a faith thing, and it's not a one-time thing. It's like, well, back in, back in 12, we, we did this and did that. It's, it's really something. It's a culmination of your lifestyle. And what causes people to have a hard time leaving is some of the sweetest things, uh, actually fond memories. Don't y'all know that you've had, you look back in your, your family album and, and uh, your high school album, well, maybe not so much that, but somewhere you look back and there's a picture and you go, ah, that's fond. I just don't want to leave that. You wouldn't say it, but it's, it's there. You don't want to leave your city. I had to leave my city that I... Uh, grew up in or from high school on. And it's like, I knew a lot of folks. I had a lot of friends. And I didn't know anybody in Alabama except one man. And so it's these, plus it's carnal dreams. You're just like, 
we're going to, I've always said, we're going to build a big house here and we're going to own this and we're going to do that and everything. It, a lot of that's carnal. I said it's not Holy Ghost inspired for the day we live in and the call that we have become aware of that's on our life. So uh, all our relationships, they come and go. You hope you get a friend for life. I've, I've got one, but, but um, one's about all you can expect if you're going to do the averages, and a lot of people don't have one. I know people, people, people that tell me that I am, <laughs> whew, I'm their only friend, their only good friend, and I'm really glad that somebody considers me that. But we ought to have more than that, don't you think? So, uh, but sometimes you have to depart from a relationship in order to enter into a new one. Well, if God would tell me that I'm going to give up uh, uh, Jody and, and he's going to give me a better one, then I'd, I'd leave him, but he's all I got. Well, he won't tell you, will he? He's going to tell you, I got bigger plans for you. Not that Jody's a bad plan. I, I, I think y'all know what I mean when I say sometimes relationships hold us back. They're, they're, they're from back when we were little. They were back when we were just like our friend, but we've grown. We've gone on, and they hold us back. And sometimes the Lord will just tell you, this one's over. No more. Where they're going and where you're going, you just will make the clean break. Hallelujah. Um, some people are offensive to your assignment. Not only will they not get in with you, but they're actually mocking you or uh, uh, standing against you. And it's like, well, this is hard because I have history with him and I have sweet things. And that, we had my birthday party over at their house and we all went to the beach together one time. And, and those things hold us back. And so we wait for a crisis. We wait for them to call us a nan nanny nunu before we'll say, that's it, Jack. I'm done. We're through. That's over. You won't get that in faith. You just get a, the witness is over. The witness is over. The reason that first, uh, second wives or second husbands are better for most people, second churches or 16th, whatever the case may be, that uh, are better is because there's strife involved in that first one that you can't get over. You just can't get over. When he comes in the room, it just makes you mad. And when you remember what he said and what he wouldn't do and how he treated his kids and treated you, it's just... The second one, if you depart from this one and leave it right, then you enter into the second one and there's no strife. There's no, there's no judgment. You leave this church right, and listen, you leave this church right, don't leave. <laughs> but if that's in a perfect world, then you can go into another one and flourish and prosper and excel and find your place. Sometimes people get into the wrong church. They just get in for whatever reason. They get born again or whatever, or they move or move across town, or they just know that one over there will help me get into my calling and take me over the hill. Whatever reason, it's not always negative, but you got to do it by faith. So we have to do what uh, Job said, thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you, and the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. It's, it's a, I'll, I'll say this, 
It's deliberate. Departing is deliberate. It's not something that just seems, well, seems like it's getting hard over there, so we're thinking about going over here. That's not departing. Departing is when the witness is gone, and all of a sudden you have an unction. I'm supposed to be here or with them or whatever, and you, can't, you just can't leave fast enough. You, you, you wait on it and get the Lord's time, and you depart, and suddenly the entering is glorious. I've had this happen to me so many times. Don't wait until there's a crisis, a blow-up, a painful thing. Do it by faith. Amen. Amen. This is going to help us before we get to the end of it. Hallelujah. So, he's going to do exceeding, abundantly, above. All our little or big thinking and asking... He's going to exceed that. He's going to answer our faith. He's going to minister to us in the future, not based on our past, not even where we are right now. He said he, he will exceed that. And so, Lord, we just position ourselves. We just say yes. We just say there's nobody, there's nothing that's in my memory bank, there's nothing that qualifies me not obeying you to be at the right place at the right time with the right people. It's everything, Lord. It's just life. And we'll see him in heaven and we'll all shout the victory. But down here, the instructions are precise and they're unequivocal and they're deliberate. And we must be where God has put us. No matter what it, how, how far you have to drive to get to it, you just do it. You just, you just walk if you have to, to be in the right church or to be with the right person. You just lay everything aside and say, I'm departing the old so that I can enter the new in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.